0: 2022 NFL Draft is less than a week away. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the Cutting Room Floor. This has been a crazy season of mock drafts, as always, leading up to the NFL Draft. Covering all kinds of names and and talents and evaluations and prospect lists and big boards and here's your top 50 and here's your list of the top 10 at this each position. But that doesn't apply to the Steelers. Because the Steelers have a roster situation. The Steelers have scheme. The Steelers have traits they look for that aren't exactly what every single team looks for. So on today's show, I'm going to give you my mock draft, which is not going to be a list of names. It's not going to be, you know, they're going to take this position in this round. We're going to talk about what kind of players the Steelers look for at each position and where it makes sense for them to draft those types of players. We'll start on the offense and we'll start with the marquee position in any draft, quarterback. Steelers obviously haven't been in the market for a quarterback for a very long time. A very good thing for Steelers and their fans, when you don't need a quarterback, that means you've got a good quarterback. And that's an important thing. The Steelers, we don't know what we have at quarterback right now and Mitchell Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, but we know it's not, it's it's highly unlikely. That we're going to have any kind of quarterback play anywhere close to what Ben Roethlisberger gave us for the vast majority of his career. So what are we the Steelers looking for in a quarterback and what's the potential here for that kind of a draft pick? Well, the Steelers have a starter for this season. They have two guys that could start. They have a competition between guys that are, I'm going to say, competent quarterbacks. So you don't need an NFL-ready Quarterback. And in reality, you don't want a, you know, middling starter level talent at quarterback. The only reason you draft that is if you don't have a starter and you need someone to start and pull your team out of the gutter because you have nothing at quarterback. So the Steelers can look for a developmental prospect. And that's what I'm, that's the smart pick here, is not the safe bet for a year one starter. The move at quarterback for the Steelers is get someone with high upside that needs some time. With the offense the Steelers run, you're going to need mobility. Mike Tomlin has talked so much about mobility in the last few years, as Ben Roethlisberger lost all of his. I think they're going to go for someone with arm strength. Matt Canada's offense is fantastic when paired with some legit deep threat. Right? When you can back the defense off the line of scrimmage and you can give them misdirection and you can get them moving laterally and attack them with power inside, Matt Canada's offense thrives. So you're going to need someone with decent arm strength. You're going to want a smart quarterback. You're going to want a quarterback with character. This, I mean, this is what you're looking for. You're looking for a potential franchise quarterback. These are traits that matter. That's what the Steelers will be looking for. But where should they take this kind of quarterback, right? Obviously, uh, if you're looking at the system, you can see why, if you're looking at what I just listed there, you can see why the Steelers are so interested in Malik Willis when he is definitely a developmental prospect, not ready to come in and play right away in the NFL, but he has incredible mobility, incredible arm strength. He seems to have great character. He seems like the kind of guy who could turn into an amazing high-level quarterback. He has that kind of upside potential. You know, the the odds on how how far he goes along that path and how high he actually reaches is, is for a different debate. The opportunity for a high-end quarterback is high. Like a, a quarterback could come in and win this job this season. It's not like you can't win the job. But there's also potential for a lot in the future. You know Mitchell Trubisky is signed through next season. Quarterback could come in and take over then. The need, when I talk about need, I'm saying for this season, the need is incredibly low, right? The Steelers need a third quarterback. They do. They're going to come in with four. They got two right now. They need a number three that can compete, do things like that. So the need is low, but it does exist. You do need another quarterback for this season. I think you do need to draft a quarterback. And the likely round is honestly any. With Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, there is not pressure to get a quarterback this year. I know the Steelers have done a lot of work looking at quarterbacks, but, that, but they've done it for quarterbacks in many different situations that could be drafted in many different rounds. They have paid a lot of attention to mid-round quarterbacks and even some in the late rounds. They're not just looking at the high-end quarterbacks, even though they're spending a lot of effort looking at them, which I think is just saying, hey, do we do we want to grab one of these guys? They could go quarterback. They could go in the first round. They could go in any round. So quarterback is an option anywhere in the draft. I think they do take one, but there isn't a need for one to perform this year. Moving to running back. What do the Steelers need at running back? They need a complement to Najee Harris. Preferably one that can be on the field at the same time as him. And by that, I mean someone who is able to line up in the slot, be a receiver, a player who can play wingback. And wingback is like a guy who lines up outside of the tight end. It's the it's the old precursor to the slot receiver, but they were used as a runner, a blocker, and a receiver. Someone who can play that versatile position, but bring speed. Najee Harris isn't the fastest guy. Najee Harris is, is an incredible running back, but he's not a game breaker. He's a back breaker. I mean, he will crush your team, but he's not going to just, boom, get a crease and he's gone, Right. That kind of a running back would be a great pairing with Najee Harris, especially if they can do things like jet sweeps, screen passes. You, you know, like if you if you have a running back that you can you can fake a run to Najee Harris and then dump it to a running back with a little slip screen and a guy who is elusive and can break play, big plays. That's incredible. The opportunity for this player is going to be situational. It's going to be absolutely what can you carve out a niche in the offense? There's going to be some to re, you know, to play tailback and take snaps away from Najee Harris, but a lot of your opportunity is going to be what can you take from wide receivers? What can you earn through competition? And it's going to be jobs other than straight up just going to the backfield and carrying the ball. The need is I'm going to say medium. There's a medium level of need for this because you do need a good backup to Najee Harris. In round I'm thinking day three, not not top three rounds. Uh, day three, not before, is where I'm looking for a running back. We're moving quickly on here. Tight end. What could the Steelers look for at a tight end? Uh, I would, I would, in my opinion, a receiving threat. Uh, Pat Firemus is is your number one tight end. Zach Gentry is your blocking tight end who can do some stuff. Most of his yards were manufactured by the rest of the offense in a kind of like, well, you're not covering Zach Gentry because he's a blocking tight end, so we're going to throw a little screen pass to him, right? And he's just going to lumber forward and crash into people and gain 20 yards. You know, he did. He had a couple of 20-yard receptions based off the fact that nobody was covering him. He was the last guy on the field they were worried about. So you could... Get a receiving threat someone to pair with Pat Friermuth. Give the Steelers a more legit one-two punch in the passing game at tight end. The opportunity for a player who fits that profile isn't high. I'm not going to pretend it is. And it's, again, going to be how much of the offense can you learn? Can you come out and be a move tight end, come out in the slot? Because at that point, you could add value and lower the need for a wide receiver, right? But the need for that position doesn't exist right this is a luxury pick i'm covering this position cuz i'm covering every position that's what i would look for if you go for a tight end there is literally no need to draft a tight end what round could they pick this is a this is this is a luxury pick right it's a sneaky luxury pick to me Where the Steelers could sit there and say, we're going to really invest in the tight end position for this new quarterback. We're going to go hardcore on it. We're going to put three tight end packages out on the field where two of them are legit receivers. And and you just don't know what we're going to do. And it makes it hard for you to, to defend Najee Harris. Right? And these tight ends. That's kind of the situation we're looking at there. Next up, covering all positions, fullback. What are you going to do if the Steelers go for a fullback? What are they looking for? Well, that player is going to have to be very versatile. They're going to have to be a primary special teams player. They're going to have to be able to do everything. Carry the football, catch the football, primarily block, line up at tight end, move around, play the wing back, the the tailback, go in motion. They're going to have to be able to do a lot of things. In order to be an effective player on this offense, you can't just be a blocker. Right? It, it, you're fighting Derek Watt and Zach Gentry for snaps at that point, And you're not winning. You're not getting on the field if all you are is a blocker. The opportunity for a player like this to make an impact is incredibly low. Again, Derek Watt and Zach Gentry are there. Uh, the need is legit zero. Uh, round you a draft, that would be the very, very end. And honestly, the only player I'm looking at here is Connor Hayward. If Connor Hayward is there super late, you draft this kid. He's a fantastic, you you do the sibling thing. I love the Steelers doing the sibling thing. Give Connor Hayward a shot. Really late. (laughs) You know, not at all a priority. Moving on to wide receiver. What do the Steelers need at wide receiver? There's two places a wide receiver can fit in this scheme if there's no injuries. We could use a deep threat at the Z position. The, the more crowded side of the field, the strong side of the field, where the slot usually lines up. The X receiver is the one you give tons of space to. The Z is kind of compact with the other receivers. This is where Mike Wallace started his career, right? In 2009, Mike Wallace was a Z receiver. He was a deep threat. And because of his speed and his skill on deep routes and his skill adjusting of the deep ball, he blew the offense wide open, created so much room for Tynes Ward in the slot to just dominate people as he took double coverage deep all the time. And when you didn't double cover him, he burned you for touchdowns. That's, we don't need necessarily that level of a player, but that's the mold, right? That's the, that's the mold of what we're looking for. And in all honesty, That one-trick pony label that Mike Wallace had, that's kind of the type of receiver I think the Steelers could look for here. Is that one-trick pony who does deep routes, but does them well. Why? Because now you have to cover them deep, and that gives Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson a lot more room to work underneath. In this kind of scenario, I'd move Deontay Johnson to the slot, move Chase Claypool to the X where he's done the most damage... And Deontay Johnson in the slot with a deep threat pulling people off and Najee Harris pulling people into the middle. Give him a little space to operate. Let him use his shiftiness to get open and just dominate as a slot receiver. I know the Steelers like to have blockers in the slot receiver position. So the other position possible is you draft a slot receiver. You say, we don't have a slot receiver on this roster right now. You go draft one. That's the other spot. The opportunity for either of these positions is very solid. The Steelers have two receivers. We're going to play three a lot. We're going to rotate those guys in and out. There's a solid, not great, you're not going to take a top two spot in your rookie season unless it's a very, very high pick. So there's a solid opportunity here, not a big one. The need is, I'm going to say medium. It's not super high, but it's, it's medium high. Right? It's a medium height. You don't need a starter. You need a significant player, though. You need someone who's going to have an impact. Any round works for this player, uh, but you're going to need at least one in the top four, I expect, just to be someone who can come in and play. This draft is extremely deep at wide receiver, and if you're looking at guys who can play in the slot but not really give you much more than the slot... And if you're looking at guys who are deep threats at the Z spot and not really much more than that, you can get that in the third and fourth round in this draft. You can get that. So there's not really a need for a really high pick at wide receiver, but there is room for it. You could go first round wide receiver. You could go fourth round wide receiver as your first wide receiver taken. It would work. Last real quick, I want to cover the offensive line staple rule here any of these guys need to be run blockers who are heavy in the zone run schemes and are able to be in run do well in outside zone runs you need to have mobility and the ability to run block while moving laterally across the board then I'm going to go position by position center the steelers could use a high end starter that's ready to go year 1 upgrade that position from the competition between Mason Cole and Kendrick Green, and just take that job right off the bat, it would have to be a very high pick. If it's not that guy, there's not really a point in taking the center. We've got three on the roster right now that are in that borderline starter to decent starter mold. You don't need to go draft a guy to compete with them as the number four center. right? You You don't, you don't need that. So could you go with a really high pick? Yes. Is there opportunity for that? My opportunity resting is high. There's high opportunity for a player to come in and start week 1. That opportunity exists. The need is low. Right? We there is definitely I wouldn't say a need, but there is the, the room for improvement is enough that I'm going to not say there is isn't zero need for this position, but it's a low need. The round you take it really Early And that's it. And frankly, in this draft, there's one guy who really fits this position and what we need. Tyler Linderbaum is an option here, right? But is it likely? No, but there is room for that kind of a pick. If other if things fall right and the Steelers pick him, you can go back to this podcast and say, yeah, that, that's if the Steelers are going to draft a, a center, it should be a Tyler Linderbaum or not, or just don't draft that position. Going to guard. Uh, guards need to be big. Steelers like big, physical, earth-moving guards. They're like big dudes. Again, it has to have some versatility. Is going to have to have mobility. They're going to start as most likely a backup, challenging maybe Kevin Dotson. Uh, for his position, if the Steelers are actually low on him, it's just there's kind of maybe that's the case. We don't know. He'd also likely need to have some versatility to play tackle. So if you're looking at a guy who's tackle but may need to slide to guard, he could fit in this category. The opportunity for a guard is very low. The need is very, very low. And if it's a guard only, I would expect it to be a day three pick at the earliest, right? Really late pick. Tackle, you want someone who has long arms, lots of reach. Tall, big reach, strong, more of a bully than a technician. That's what fits Pat Myers' offensive line schemes. He's got a possible competition to start here. You can challenge Dan Moore Jr. You can challenge Chukwu For There's room for that. The opportunity here, though, is still very low. Dan Moore Jr. is on the rise. Chukwu Makorafor is our highest paid offensive lineman. The need is low to very low. We do have... Two starters penciled in, and Heg is a very solid backup. And for me, this could be a, this is this is a pick that could go any round. If you're going to pick a high offensive lineman, it's either going to be center or tackle. But you could also grab one later if you like them. This this there's competition to to be the number three, the number four tackle. You know the Coos might want to cover might, might bring in a season another tackle who can play guard. Right, that's a position you could see, and you could see them go late with it, fourth, fifth round, even. That's it for the offensive side. My most likely significant picks, meaning the top four rounds, on offense. My most likely pick is quarterback. I still think the, the attention the Steelers fix have paid, quarterback is is one of the most likely positions. Wide receiver might be higher than quarterback. I'm, I still gotta think about this. I'm still I'm fluctuating back and forth. Wide receiver almost assuredly in the top four rounds. Next up, offensive tackle. I don't see a lot of real. Picks coming there in the high round, there's not a lot of need on the offense. So quarterback, wide receiver, offensive tackle are your only likely top four round picks, in my opinion, on offense. The sneaky ones are, of course, center in the first round. And a really a really interesting one would be a third, fourth round tight end who's an athlete and a pass catcher. That would be a sneaky pick for me, kind of a luxury pick but that's that's the state of the offense in my view that's how i look at the draft and uh we're going to take a break and when i come back we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You are listening to The Cutting Room Floor. Cutting Room Floor is brought to you by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. This show, of course, I'm already telling you, it's draft week. It's exciting. It's, It's football Christmas where everyone has hope and everyone is looking for a player that could change the entire franchise around, right? And make this team significantly better for the long haul. That's what we're all looking for here. And as the draft approaches, Behind the Steel Curtain has you covered. Heading into the draft and on draft day. If you're watching the draft live and the Steelers pick within a few minutes of the Steelers drafting when the television crews and everyone start talking about other people and the other teams, check out Behind the Steel Curtain's podcast. We are going to have immediate reaction to each draft pick. And we're going to have recaps at the end of every draft day talking about the pick, getting a little more information. Soon as these picks are made, we're going to have lots of people just jumping and looking at everything they can about these guys to get you as much information as possible, as quickly as possible. So stay with us on the website, articles, film rooms, everything coming out, you know, next week on all these draft picks. Podcasts, i going to cover the draft. We, we're going to have you covered. So stay tuned behind the steel curtain throughout this entire draft weekend. Coming up, looking at the defense, we're going to dive right into this. The defensive line, we're going to start up front, defensive line. The Steelers like big, strong game wreckers at defensive line. Your Cam Haywards, your Stephon Tuitz, your your uh, Tyson Aluwalus, you guys who are just big bullies, right? Pushing people around. And we saw last season what happened when we didn't have enough of that. Chris Wormley had a good season, but Chris Wormley is a more of a technician. He's not that bully of a player, right? He's not eating double teams and just being like, I don't care, you're not moving me. He's not taking a one-on-one matchup and just taking that guy and pushing him into the backfield and disrupting the entire play by disrupting the blocking. That's what the Steelers like in their defensive line. Brian Flores... Doubles down on that. He doesn't need you to be a high-skill pass rusher from the defensive line. He needs guys that collapse the packet, guys that you that the offense will struggle to with or just cannot block one versus one, can hold up to double teams. Look for run defense first, pass rush, okay. Pass rush is basically after you drive someone back into the backfield, can you get off that block and, and hit the quarterback. Outside of that, your pass rush is stunts. So watch for players who can run a stunt. A little bit of athleticism, but moreover, they show an understanding of how to operate on a stunt, both as the person who starts the stunt crashing into people and as the person who loops behind and and rushes the quarterback that way. That's big. Look for that in any defensive lineman the Steelers sign. Draft. The opportunity for a defensive lineman on this team is pretty solid. They have starters in place, but there's room for serious rotation here. We'd like to keep Cam Hayward under 80% of snaps played. Like That's your best bet. Keep him lower. Stefan Tuitt coming back. We don't know where he is. Tyson is coming back from an injury. We don't know where he is. There's solid opportunity for a defensive tackle to earn rotational snaps, get on the field, and earn a position here. However, on the other hand, the need is low. We've got guys. We've, we've got, you know, Isaiah Loudermilk last year. He's our number four, number five. We've got Chris Wormley. You know, there's not a big need. The need is low, but looking into the future, this line needs to get younger. That's really the only reason this isn't a zero need is because this line needs some youth. Round, where would you take a round a pick? I would not take a late-round draft pick. I know the Steelers love taking late-round defensive linemen, but we have so many of them right now that are pretty good. They had pretty good seasons last year. If you're bringing in a guy to compete with the Carlos Davis and you know Isaiah Loudermilk and these people, we have them, right? The Steelers almost always take one, so I could see one being taken and one guy, someone gets pushed off the roster. I can see that, but really the opportunity for me is – Higher round pick. Top four rounds, right? A priority, a a, a more serious draft pick at defensive line. Looking outside from the defense, we're looking at the edge rushers. Outside linebackers here. High-end athlete more than a technician is what I'm looking for this year. A physical run defender, high motor, athletic profile, able to drop into coverage a bit. You know, these are things you need. You don't have to be a high skill rusher. We can use a Bud Dupree on this defense, even if it's not full on Bud Dupree. You know, if it's a little bit lower level than that, but is a high end athlete with an explosive first step. You can look at Alex Highsmith. He was not a high end athlete, he's more a technician. He's more a guy. He can't beat TJ Watt to the quarterback. He's he is second man to the quarterback so many times but he's not an explosive enough athlete to be the first guy there. He's not out he's not outrunning TJ Watt to the quarterback like Bud Dupree could do and get some sacks as the quarterback tries to avoid TJ Watt, boom, Bud Dupree's right there. So there is room for that on this defense and especially again with Brian Flores and how he can use people in versatile ways, there's a lot of opportunity to be a blitzer from different positions. You want versatility here. The opportunity to me is solid. You have a chance to win a starting job. The Steelers, if, if things fell right and, and you know, a top edge rusher, top one of the top two, three edge rushers fall to them at number 20, and there's not really other great options, that could be your best player available. They could come in, boom, rotate from the start, win that job, and be, you know, the guy across from T.J. Watt getting 10 sacks a year simply because he's across from T.J. Watt. So for me, the opportunity is solid, the need is low, and you could take one in any round. We can use a number four outside linebacker. We could use a number three outside linebacker. We could use a number two outside linebacker. All those spots are open for competition. So really, any round, any player. Moving to inside linebacker. We've got Miles Jack, we've got Devin Bush, we've got coverage guys. Uh, we're questionable on the run-stuffer, blitzer, Vince Williams-type role, guy who can take on blockers, offensive lineman. It's a rare profile these days. But they also fall in the draft. They also fall later in the draft. They have to have a baseline zone coverage ability. You cannot be lost in zone coverage, right? Vince Williams wasn't an athlete. He didn't have a good physical profile to be a coverage linebacker, but he was smart in zone coverage. So he worked. Any draft pick at this position is going to have to fight for and win every snap they earn. That includes special teams. If you're going to be a special teams player, you've got competition. If you're going to be the number four linebacker, you got competition. You're going to you know, take over Devin Bush's spot by the end of the season. There's a lot of competition you have to fight through to get these opportunities. So I'm going to say the opportunity is medium to low because I think it's there, but you have competition and you're going to have to produce. The need is again medium to low there is room for it we don't really have that player there's going to be competition for that spot but not a lot of competition for that spot so for round I'm going to say it's unlikely to be a high pick because of what they're looking for those guys don't go first round and the need isn't there to match it up to say we have to get this guy so really round could be any but look look for that kind of player I I think the Steelers could very well get one Going to cornerback. Cornerback, the Steelers, the room for the Steelers to draft a cornerback is to upgrade one of your top three corners. And that's really it. If you're drafting a number four corner, you know, a dime back, are they better than Trey Norwood? Are they better than, you know, Arthur Millette? I probably not as a rookie. Like you're not, you're not drafting a guy to compete for that spot. You have multiple guys competing for that spot. With James Pierre and 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 the guys I've mentioned, it's, you don't need that. You're looking for an upgrade on your top three, either a slot guy or an outside guy. Look for a look for a cornerback with uh, Terrell Austin in charge of this defense. Look at cornerbacks with more polish than raw physical traits. The Steelers constantly struck out drafting cornerbacks. Looking at raw physical traits and saying maybe we can teach them to be an NFL player at cornerback. The last one we drafted like that, still on the team, Justin Lane, he hasn't worked out. Since then, the Steelers have been acquiring in free agency, acquiring in the draft and, and as undrafted free agents, players who are more polished and have already shown they can do, they have skill sets that will work in the NFL. And then the Steelers just figure out how to fit them in. That's it. So for me, the opportunity for this player is big. It's big. They have to be a player who can contribute right away, but there is a whole lot of opportunity. The need, however, is low. They have depth. The Steelers have, like really, the Steelers have three number two cornerbacks to fill, you know their top three cornerback spots. They have three guys who are solid to very good number two corners. They don't have a number one. They could use a true slot corner. So the need is low, the opportunity is high. Where would they take this player? In my opinion, it's top three rounds, and that's it. If you're drafting one in round four or lower, I don't see the point in drafting a cornerback. They're gonna have to be a top guy. Uh, oh, and uh, thing I forgot to say in the in the profile for this, you've got to be physical. They're going to they're going to draft someone who is physical. If you're just a coverage corner and you're not don't have good physicality. We've got that. We've got a Kella Witherspoon and Cam Sutton. We don't need you, right? If you're going to be that guy, you've got to be physical. You've got to be able to stop the run. You've got to come in and crash screen passes. You've got to be that player to to be a top three cornerback on this team, winning a spot from the players who are already here. Lastly, moving on to safety. Steelers signed Terrell Edmonds, but I've got question marks here. Terrell Edmonds, what we're looking at and what we've heard for his contract so far is one year, $2.5 million. That is less than his rookie deal paid him. His rookie deal was four years, 10.7, almost you know, a point two million dollar a year more average than what he's going to make this year. He took a pay cut from his average rookie season. He's getting paid less than special teams-focused backups on defense get paid. I'm a bit confused by this contract. I doubt he would sign with the Steelers over other teams for similar roles unless he has a chance to start or, or is likely going to start. But that contract is not an investment. That contract is not even a one-year prove-it deal. That contract is a veteran backup contract. I'm I, I don't I don't I don't get it. I understand. Hey, that's a great, you know, great signing for the Steelers financially when you've got a guy who has led the team in snaps since he was drafted. He's been top three in snaps every year. And he has the most snaps played on defense for the Steelers since 2018. No one's played more than him. And last year, he was really solid as a starter. I, I don't know what to take from this. Um, I'm going to operate under the assumption that Edmonds is viewed as the starter for this season. But honestly, there's a chance they could view him in a different role and and... Draft a different safety. I mean, he makes less than Marcus Allen, who is a backup linebacker. He's like our fourth string inside linebacker and a special teams player. And he's not a special teams ace. He's a good special teams player and a fourth string linebacker. And the Steelers signed his restricted free agent offer to keep him on the team at $2.54 million a year. $40,000 more than they're going to pay Terrell Edmonds. It's crazy to me. The opportunity for a safety, uh, it should be, like, low. I'm going to go moderate simply because they're clearly not invested in Terrell Edmonds. The need is incredibly low. They don't really need one. they got Trey Norwood as their backup safety. They've got a ton of backup strong safeties that can play linebacker. There's not really a need for that pick. A round could be literally any. Why and let me get to you to my dark horse theory of what the Steelers could do in this draft. Terrell Edmonds can play the slot. Terrell Edmonds can play the slot. He can be a big slot cornerback, a slot safety. He can cover better than Mike Hilton could. He's a better, he's better coverage than uh, Arthur Millette. he can blitz. He can defend the run. He could be a slot safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He would fit that role. So let me go. My let me let me move on because I'm going to come back to him. My most likely significant picks on defense. Cornerback and defensive line. That's the only ones I really think you're, you're you have a high chance of seeing in the top four rounds. Cornerback number one, defensive line behind that. My sneaky high picks are edge rusher and safety. My and it, I want to real quick move on go on to overall likelihood of a high pick for all these positions that we've covered for the whole team. Right, I think the most likely position to be addressed in the top four rounds of the draft is wide receiver. I think it's almost guaranteed that you're going to get a wide receiver in the top four picks. Number two, uh, it's it's this one's hard for me. I keep fluctuating back and forth on whether I think it's more like the Steelers take a cornerback or a quarterback. I'm going to go with quarterback simply because of the amount of investment they've put into looking at them, but I, I'm not sold on a quarterback in the top four rounds. For this, as in what the Steelers are planning on doing, like a lot of people are. A lot of people make it assume that it's a done deal, but the Steelers have looked at so many quarterbacks that aren't top-four-round guys, I could see them going later. But I'm going to go quarterback number two, cornerback number three, uh, number four I'll go offensive tackle, and number five, defensive tackle. I think between those five, that's where your first four draft picks in this draft are most likely going to stay. For the Steelers. It's going to be, you're going to see a combination of wide receiver, cornerback, quarterback, offensive tackle, and defensive tackle. But I do have some sneakier picks. Like I said before, tight end, edge rusher could be one. But my favorite, shake things up, do something crazy, dark horse pick for the Steelers in the first four rounds of this draft is a safety who can cover. A deep coverage kind of specialist safety. A high-end safety. Like, if seriously, if Hamilton somehow, somehow, Kyle Hamilton falls to pick number 20, run up there, take that pick, and laugh. Because you could have an incredibly versatile, three-headed safety tandem. Which, by the way, is something Brian Flores had in Miami. And used really well. Terrell Austin has a history of using multiple safeties, including using safeties at linebacker as extra inside linebackers and coverage specialists. With Terrell Edmonds' incredible level of versatility, you could take a safety who's more coverage focused and is more of a playmaker who would give Minka Fitzpatrick some versatility to move out of that single high safety role. And would free up Terrell Edmonds to do all kinds of things. That's my sneaky dark horse pick. As if things fall right, the Steelers could go draft that player and do something crazy with this defense. I'd love to see it. That's my look at the draft. That's what I expect to see happen. I It's exciting week. Again, It's it's football Christmas. So much potential. We're just waiting to see what happens. Again, stick with behind the steel curtain throughout this draft process. We're going to be covering all kinds of things. And after the draft, I'm going to be diving in myself and KT Smith into doing film rooms for these players. They don't come out immediately because we try to take more time and really dig into these players and not just give you a real clip. Here's a couple clips and and what you know people say about it or what we thought about them before the draft. We want to dive into how they fit the Steelers' offense or defense, how they fit with the schemes we use, and really look at these players and dive into them. So look for that the coming week and even, even you know, the week after the draft. Uh, for for that kind of coverage, look for our post each, after each draft pick, quick audio, podcast, and then daily wrap-ups. As always, as I say every week, have a great week. And ghost stealers.